about liberalism to say, hey, I can just do what I want and I don't have to really be tough and fight through it. And you see that with, with young people um, because it's an option they're given. We weren't given that option when we were growing up. We were told what to do. We did it the right way or um, you go figure it out on your own. In, in the world today, there's a lot of entitlement. Uh, I'm a firm believer in the snowflake. I'm talking about every millennial young person, Generation Z, I think is what they call them. Um, that's the world we live in because if they say, well, it's a little bit hard, then we say, okay, well, let's go try something else versus, hey, let's, let's bear down and let's fight through this. So you see a lot of that now. Oklahoma State head football coach Mike Gundy talking about the transfer portal and how it's uh, be- become somewhat ingrained in college football and maybe it's a sign of the times. But anyways, it's here. And um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on who you talk to, it's here. And uh, if you want to stay competitive, you're going to have to use it to the best of your ability. Now, I think we're going to be an active player in the transfer portal. I don't know how many guys overall Oklahoma is going to take or be able to take, but I think they will be active. Now, I'd like to hear from the text line and also you, Tyler McComas. Nice getting the text line involved because I was going to do that. I didn't think you would. Good job. Yeah, 651-3439, by the way. That's it. How would you rank this is for transfer portal positions of need how do you rank the position groups um from what we need the most to what we need the least yeah all right yeah that's a good question um so there's some obvious things here and we'll get to those later but who they get in this recruiting class is you know gonna matter who leaves matters but as it sits right now i'm gonna say the number one position of need i think they need bodies here both interior and on the outside they also need difference makers there is the defensive line. It's number one for me. D-line. It's the catalyst for everything defensively that I think you want to do. If you want to be multiple, I think you need depth there. Um, yeah, man. And they've already got one portal guy on the D-line, but you, you need more. You need more help yeah. there. I've got D-line, I've got D-line pretty high. Um, are you combining? Yeah, I am. I combined D line and edge. Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, I don't have it number one though. Um, my number one position of need. He's probably my number two. Transfer portal, offensive line. Oh, I had that. Uh, okay, I have that in my top three. But all right, let me let me just run down my list and then you tell okay. me you tell me what you think. You tell me yours. We'll get to the text line. I had D line okay. one. I had linebacker two. And then I have O-line slash tight end three. Like, they're going to need a tight end. Unless they yeah. go get Malachi Coleman here, which I'm not saying I necessarily think that that's going to happen. But they're going to need a tight end. So I got O-line at three. And you could convince me that O-line should be two in front of backers. I don't think you'd have to argue too much for me to move that one up. No. So D-line, linebacker, O-line, yeah. and then. O-line, and I put tight end in with O-line. Yeah. That's kind of your top three? Yeah. I've got. I got offensive line number one. Best player in your offensive line, Anton Harrison, gone. Um, second best player on your offensive line, Wanye Morris, 
gone? Has he announced that he's he accepted a senior, senior bowl, bowl invite right? yeah. yesterday? Yeah, gone. Um, I think Conjol is gone. Kind of your utility interior. I think is Chris Murray gone. I we are. You'd be we very are young going there. to be very young, super young and super thin at offensive line. Now, I think there's some guys that stand a chance to be pretty good. Keep hearing, you know, Savion Bird. I think has it athletically, just maybe not upstairs as of right now. He needs to have a big off season. Tyler Guyton. There's your name right there. L- Lacking experience, but chance that he could be a special offensive tackle. And the two Jakes. Rame, Rame is going to miss yet another offseason with injury. And frankly, I, I think like that's a position battle for me, center. Oh, I don't no. think it's Rames. I, I think you should fully go into the offseason – if there's a battle to be had at center, sure, yeah. Let let that develop. Let someone have the opportunity to take that position because look, man, I I think we all like Raim. We all definitely liked him coming out of Broken Arrow, and I still think that there's potential for him to be a really really good player here, but at some point you got to worry about him missing all this time because of injuries, and he has. And right. it I I don't want it to be. I hope it's not. But there's a chance that maybe that's his theme for his career. And if that is, you got to get out in front of that and be ready to assert someone else at that position. Yep. Position, that's number one for me, offensive line. Number two, wide receiver. Huh, I had this one pretty low. Wide receiver. So does that mean you think Mims is gone? No, I actually think Mims is back. Okay. But I think, I think Mims is... I think Mims is a good wide receiver, but I think he is somewhat of a one-trick pony. He he's a he's a deep threat, and that's really that's really what he's best at. Not a, not a short yardage guy, not a catch and run guy. He's a deep ball threat. Fair. Uh, and for to get the best out of him, he needs some guys around him. All right. We talked about this. Like my biggest, one of my biggest problems with the offense, and it's not like I, I don't. It's just like how it unfolded and, and what the what the underlying issue is. The personnel, like everyone, gets up and presses us and challenges us, gets closer to to the box, runs uh, cover one or zero and brings pressure, makes it really hard for us to run, and makes it hard for us in the short short stuff and the RPO stuff, we don't have any size at wide receiver. We don't have like a back shoulder guy or a go up over the top of someone competitive catch guy. We don't have um, what I would this? consider an elite route runner. What what, yeah. what did we reference four years ago today happened? To your point, the Kyler Murray throw to Grant Calcaterra, right? It's exactly right. what you're talking about. It was tight coverage. And all Grant Calcaterra did was get one arm free, his right arm, and come away with the football for a touchdown to clinch a Big 12 title game. And what I think you're saying here is that, and it's fair, is that you don't have a guy that's going to make a contested catch in that that situation. Yeah. I mean, some guys made some plays. Like, I'm not going to say that, like, we're terrible, but 
we're not we're not close to being the best wide receiving core in the Big 12, and I, we're used to being the best in the Big 12. I, whenever you look at the uh, Texas uh, TCU for sure, um, like there's te- like Iowa State was one and eight, and they've got the best receivers for his yards and, and size and um, catches. Pretty much everyone in the conference has a like Texas Tech. They got size everywhere at wide receiver. We got to get bigger and we've got to get faster it, at it, wide receiver. Here, so 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 far, our lists are pretty different. Here's the mm-hmm. thing, though, is that when you have two totally different lists, normally you get to it into an argument. But I can't really argue with any of yours up to this point because the reality is they need to help it pretty much every single position right now and that's true you know so it's hard it's hard to argue with you know whatever the top three is because i can point to basically every position and say yeah they 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 need some players there my next number three for me is edge and d line yeah i've I've got it kind of you know if we want to combine it like like you did um we need we need size there we need uh we need more consistency at edge i i'll just flat out say it i think for me one of the biggest disappoints disappointments of the season was our play at edge i thought that i thought we were going to have some massive massive growth there and i i don't think we it it didn't feel like we made much headway. No, you started off the season playing pretty well. I guess at every other position yep. that was the case. But the first three games you thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to be really yep. good there. We, we are really inconsistent. And I, ultimately what you want is you want game changers at edge that can rush the passer and that can do multiple things, that can stand up and maybe, maybe drop if you need them to from time to time. And we – we did not prove very athletic at edge, and we made way too many mistakes. Way well, too many mistakes. Especially last and, week. They couldn't set the edge. I mean, it was bad. And, and, and it was all guys. You can put, like, you can't single one out. It was all of them. And that's just, that's just not good enough. Um, and then I've got, I've got backer next, but... I I think we're going to be much better at backer next year. I hope so. Just just because, you know, I think I think Stutzman came a long way. He'll be a much better, more complete player next year. Um I think um I think Canick is going to factor in. Um who knows who makes some big growth, maybe Kobe McKenzie or or Witter who had the shoulder um, Kip Lewis, maybe one of the, the young guys from, from this upcoming class can factor in. I just I think we'll be better there, but I still think that we could be active in the transfer portal looking for a guy perhaps too at backer. Very, very quickly, and, and, and I mean very quickly because I'm going to get to these texts here. So back to the point about the wide receivers. I didn't have them as high on my list as you did, but I do agree they got to get better. There are some guys that made some great individual plays this year. Drake Stoops did it. Jaleel Farouk did it. Yep. But it felt like when they made their biggest plays, it was more about them being schemed open than just making incredible individual plays to make a play down the field, if that makes yeah. sense. No, yeah, it does. Um, 
and and um, I'm I'm like, I don't mean like I think that I think Drake Stoops is awesome at what he does, but Drake Stoops needs to be a compliment to like he needs to be a slot receiver where you've got a, a six foot four guy on the outside and you've got an absolute burner on the other side of the ball and and he works the open areas of the middle of the field because of the the coverage that those guys draw yeah he does not need to be a a featured piece that, you know what I'm saying like he he should end up getting a lot of catches because you know it just everything has kind of cleared out for him and you can hit him underneath and let him go to work after the catch and you know they end up they had to they had to like you said scheme a lot of things for him because he he proved to be one of the most consistent reliable guys to go to in must have situations and that's good to have that but like like he doesn't really fit the role of that like size wise i agree you want you want a guy that's 64 being your go-to type of guy and that and just because it's easier to get him the ball has nothing to do with Drake. Has everything to do with just having a bigger margin for error with a with a guy that's got some size. Let's get through as many of these as possible. Gunny says depth on both lines is tops. I agree. Wide receiver is two. Tight end is three. Linebacker is four. Um, this one says one D line, especially at the ends. Two yep. wide receiver and tight end. Three backer. Thin, thin, thin. Four O line, a couple field recruiting classes has set us back. That's Bud in Edmond. Yeah, we have we have not hit on a recruited offensive lineman in what feels like a long, long time. Yeah, you've recruited. I guess Anton Harrison was one. He was recruited, wasn't he? He wanted to transfer. Uh, but, yeah, but there's been some highly rated guys that have just not, unfortunately, panned out. Yeah. yeah, we've had we've had a bunch of transfers, there, and we've had good transfer players that have come in and and filled those roles but we need the jakes to have big off seasons and they seem to really think highly of those guys um early on and you know just needed some experience um you know savion bird is he's a bulldozer he's one of the he's the he's what you think of as a guard nasty mean like well they need what you want they need that up front man he just he's He's got to come around mentally to where he can be, you know, trusted. So, Stewart. offensive line is they're going to have they need a big they need a big portal get maybe a couple of them at offensive line. Stewart says D line one, O line two, backer three, running back four, DB five, DN six, quarterback seven. Okay, yeah. um, This one from the nine one eight portal needs D line, O line, tight end, wide receiver. Uh, let me get to a few more here. 5801 D line, 2 O line, 3 receiver, 4 defensive back in all caps. So, they really wanted to emphasize the defensive back in all caps. I saw a guy, I think it was a junior college tight end that we offered, right? Gigantic, like 67. Did you see that? Or am um, I crazy? No, he is from it's like shorter university. Is that where it was from? Something. Yeah. 
And I guess he's had a bunch of offers, but what, he was like 6'7", 280 pounds or something like that, think, wasn't he? I think there's a kid that they're looking at or they offered that shorter university, and he was like 6'7", because, you yeah. know, that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Tied in O-line, D-line, yes. Guy from Geyer says, if anyone's list doesn't start D-line, O-line, linebacker, it's wrong. Uh, I, you know, I'm not – Linebacker is not number three for me. Wide receiver is. I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be okay at linebacker. I do think they'll take a guy or two in the portal at backer, but I I think we're going to be. I think we're going to be okay at backer. Camo Sooner says, "Go find a punta." Yeah, yeah. That may be the. That's maybe where we're hardest hit. Our punter punted the ball like seventy-five times this year. <laughs> Tiger Rube says, number one linebackers, period. Too many soft asses that get too much credit for being weak. <laughs> um, yeah, here's the thing. I, nice I, total, I totally understand people's frustration at linebacker, but I am, um, I'm confident that I think Stutzman's – I think he had a – I know people don't care to hear it, but I think he had a really good year. And I don't know why people think that he was he was just the worst thing ever. He – I, it kind of rolls downhill, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I, the better you are at D-line, the better your linebackers are going to look. The worse you are at D-line, the worse your linebackers are going to look. And they had plenty of opportunities – to make plays. I'm not suggesting they did. His life was not made easy, is your point there. And I think right. that that's a very point, fair point to make. And not that it, it wasn't all – some on him. It was for sure. But, yeah, he wasn't in the best situation there. And just a true sophomore. And if you go back and you look at Venable's history as a defensive coordinator and a linebacker coach, there's not a big, long list of, of guys that were great young. Right? But when they get to be juniors and seniors, you you almost always end up with really good linebacker play. And I, I know Aguebu was a senior, but he's not really a senior when it comes to playing linebacker. He's not that experienced at linebacker. So he'll be he'll be experienced coming back yet uh, next year. He I don't I mean he's going to have a tough tough go at it trying to win the Mike Backer job. He'll be fighting off um, Kobe McKenzie. They may try and play Canick at, at some Mike some, uh, also at Cheetah. Um, you know, I, I think, like I said, I think they will target some guys in the transfer portal. And those transfer portal guys will be expected to come in and compete for starting jobs immediately. Sure. So we'll see how it unfolds. And that's your pitch. Uh, Mike on Twitter, who – gave us the stat earlier this week that blew up like crazy that there was only one holding call in the Big yeah. 12 uh, enforced on OU this year against OU this year. Mike says tight end is number one. There's not even a close second. And I disagree. It's not – we need a tight they're end. They're going to have to get a tight end, and that's his point, and I see what his point is there. Yeah, they're going to have to, but it falls pretty far down – the totem pole on level of importance, in my opinion. I think Braden Will has put together 
one hell of a season at tight end. Yeah, he led the team in touchdown receptions, and he was second in the team in uh, receptions, period. So, And we're 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's kind of what yeah. I'm saying on, on level of importance. Sure. Now, I'm, I'm not like – we need one. We're going to have to have one. We got like it's important in our system for blocking and all the movement we ask for those guys, and obviously being a, a weapon as well. But I, you can you can get away with just having a guy at tight end. We cannot get away with just having guys at wide receiver anymore. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll read this last one because we had a few people text this one out of nowhere. Did T.D. Roof get a medical red shirt? I thought I heard Ted Roof say that, like, T.D.'s already in line for a coaching job somewhere. That was earlier yeah. in the season. So Yeah, he told – I talked to him way back whenever he had the injury, and he told me he, was, he wasn't going to play again. He was done. So, yeah, I don't think he'll be back. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush. Coming up, final hour rolls on here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen in Goldsby. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. My name is D, and I dream big. I need a good job to get what I want. Tom Herman is back in college football. He's the head, uh, he's the head coach at FAU, which is interesting. Uh, 12-team playoff is coming in 2024. We talked about what it means for OU in the first segment of the show today, and I feel like the overall sentiment from the text line was people are pretty happy about this from the OU side of things on what this means for OU. Yeah. What do you mean, though? Like, what's the reason they're like, happy? Like, well, it's um, with the mood of the SEC. I mean, clearly it's going to be easier to make it to the playoff with 12 versus 4 in a much tougher conference of the SEC. I think that's yeah. what most people responded with. So, is it easier to win a national championship? I don't know. I guess we'll. See. <laughs> I guess we'll see. How many people um, have buyer's remorse on the move to the SEC after a six and six season? Um. Well, after the calls that have gone against OU this year, probably not as much as you think. Yeah, it's been tough, man. Ugh. I've never seen a year. like I, I, And OU's had some individual moments that were bad. The Oregon game in 06, the Tech game in 05. But collectively as a season, this has been brutal. Brutal, yeah. brutal. Jalen Redman is off to the Senior Bowl, likely meaning that his uh, career at OU is over. Michigan's best player, Blake Corum, their running back, is out for the year. He had 1,463 rushing yards. 18 touchdowns on the season. He's lost for the year. The good news is that they still have Donovan Edwards, and he rushed for 216 and a couple touchdowns over Ohio State last weekend. So Michigan will be okay, but this puts a dent in their national title hopes. Right. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I – they looked good against Ohio State without Blake Corum. Now, what does that mean at the end of the day? Is that just a one-off? Yeah, perhaps, but they're definitely better with him. going to be hard for them to overcome that, I think, if they do end up playing a Georgia or, you know, I think they'll be, be fine. Like, there's such a contrast in styles. To me, Georgia and Michigan – 
dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball Yep. compared to, well, really compared to anyone. But uh, if USC and TCU make it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, Donovan uh, Edwards will be just fine for, right. for Michigan. Now, really, it should be seated to where – Right, Michigan and Georgia play, and TCU and USC play, but I don't think that that would happen. Do you? No, of course not. Why? Yeah. Why would that happen? Why would it be seated that way? Are you saying that TCU should be in the two spot instead of Michigan? Uh, well, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't care about how it's. I'm just saying, like. You oh, you're saying matchup-wise. Style-wise, okay, yeah. I, I see what you mean. I, I thought yeah. you were saying, okay, okay, okay. No, yeah, no, I got no. you now. I was like, okay, because, hold on. You're going to have to explain this one to me. Yeah, I, I feel like, and maybe we maybe we don't want a contrast in styles in the championship game, so like, maybe you should have Georgia, USC, or Michigan, TCU be your, your semifinals if, if it works out that way. Um, I, I just want the two best teams. I don't really care about styles, to yeah. be honest with you. I just don't think that – I don't think – like it, it, if USC plays Michigan, I just don't think that they'll ever be able to stop Michigan, and Michigan will have the ball forever Yeah, and limit the amount of times Caleb Williams has it. Now, some might think Michigan style's boring, whatever, but they didn't look very boring last week against Ohio State. No. Their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, outplayed the Heisman frontrunner last weekend. I think I don't I think, think it's, it's boring fine. at all. I actually love it. Um, and as much as I've liked to make fun of Jim Harbaugh over the years, it's getting a lot harder, isn't it? If if I were to build a football team, it would probably like if I could get it to be exactly what I wanted, it would probably look exactly like Michigan. All right, text line. This is the first time this individual from the nine one eight is texted. Let's see what they use their first text Uh-oh. on. These guys just need to stop all the hype videos until they can back it up, JMO. Yeah, well, you know, the interesting thing about that is, like, those things are as important to, like, recruiting your own players and keeping your good players here as anything, like, you would think that it wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? But whenever you get recruited, it's all about pictures and graphics and posing and all of that stuff. So whenever you play, that's what you're expecting, right? Where's the camera? And, I, just, like, I finally made a play. Where's the camera? Right. Where's it at? First play I made all yeah. year. It's game six. So we, we encourage – that type of behavior whenever we're recruiting. So we can't be mad whenever the players actually come here and want to follow through with it. Yeah. You know, it's the it's the social media era. I the biggest reward from a football game is to be able to post your highlight on your social media account. I mean, right. That's the gratification of going out there and playing these days. From the 405, 69 days, 23 hours, and 55 minutes until first pitch. Nice. Had to wait until after 530, so it would officially be 69 days. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Garrett Riley goes against Muleshoe in the playoffs. That's possible. 
Yeah, that is possible. Boy, well, Garrett Riley's catching some uh, – uh, he's the hot name out there right now, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know if A&M's plan is to hire him a, or is to throw him a boatload of money to be their OC, but A&M's in the no market way. to be an OC or to get an OC. I don't know. I don't know. I, that was he, a rumor at one no time, way. but yeah. He, he is not going – they got one of the best offenses in the country. Let me check it. It may be statistically the best. Yeah. After the game they had, I'd against be surprised. Iowa State. Like A and M's probably going to pay more. I I I wouldn't go to A and M. I I don't think that you jump on that yeah. sinking ship. I don't think. No, it's he's what you he do. is he is going to be a head coach. He is not going to take an offensive coordinator job. I uh, why would he take that? Is a that is it's a not even a lateral move. To go to Texas A&M. Now, they may be able to throw some stupid money at him compared to TCU, but TCU is about to play in a, in a playoff. Yeah, they, they beat I, A&M by about four touchdowns. You, don't, you, don't, you just don't jump. Regardless, if A&M offers, you don't jump onto that sinking. Jimbo may be fired at the end of next year. Your stock is as high as a coach as it's ever been. You don't jump to a 5-7 and seven program. You want to hear something that's fascinating, Tyler? TCU offense this year, total yards in 12 games, 5,680. Oklahoma, we are right next to them in the standings, 5,666. Yeah. They averaged 473 a game. We averaged 472. And I think the margin with conference only stat, that's the whole year, right? 12 games? Yeah, is this is yeah, this is the NCAA I, go, yeah, or go uh, look ESPN. At, go look at conference only stats, and I think it's even smaller than that in total yeah. offense this year. You know what the difference is, though, scoring, and I, one of the big reasons our scoring number is down because we got goose egged for the first time in God knows how long. Um, that really hurts your average, but we had a problem. Like we, we didn't have much of a problem ever putting up yards. We had a problem capping off drives, turning them into touchdowns, turning them into field goals. As, as many yards as we put up, we, we left a lot of meat on the bone. And I see stuff like that is a silver lining, you know, that we had that good of an offense statistically, but we would all look at it and say, my goodness, they just weren't very good at all on offense, right? Like Dylan Gabriel, terrible at quarterback, and like we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. If OU um, made the layups this year, they'd be ranked as the best offense uh, of all time. <laughs> that much I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know it. Let's see. Zero remorse. Zero. Bring on the SEC and the new fan bases. To the other Big 12 schools, bye, Felicia. Yeah. There you go. That's how I feel. I'm just ready for more uh, exciting home games, especially after the uh, SEC presentation I saw at the Norman Chamber of Commerce a few weeks ago, the effect it's going to have on the local Norman economy, SEC versus Big 12, it ain't even – it's like three times more money-wise on a a given weekend. You get to tax the rest of uh, college football out there, you know, for coming into into your town. No one else is – no one in the, in the Big 12 ever comes to OU uh, whenever they play here. One more. Uh, we need to go after Nebraska wide receiver DeColdis Crawford just for the NIL possibilities. He entered the portal. Is Jason White on the hot seat? 
Is DeColdis Crawford going to replace Jason White at Air Comfort Solutions? Uh, probably. Mm. Uh, I will say, though, I love the NIL stuff um, that he did, but strong disagreement on going after him in the in the transfer portal. Uh, which I don't, I don't, I guess maybe I shouldn't even say that. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about him. I want size. Give me. I would a take. Big uh, I would take Trey, six five wide receiver. I would take Trey Palmer from them. He's not in the portal, and I don't even know if he has any yeah. eligibility left. But he's a pretty I think good player. He was a senior, but yeah, he was about the only player that I take from them. What play? If you had a wish list of Big Twelve players. Like, kind of realistic, you know, realistic players that on teams that maybe weren't very good, that are good players that may jump into the portal that that you would have a wish list for. Well, Anyone? You're, you're, yeah, one immediately comes to mind. You're going to need a camp arm, someone who can take stress off of Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold, make sure that they don't throw too much, you know, during training camp. Yeah. You're going to need a third-string quarterback, a scholarship guy. I, I look at Quinn Ewers immediately. As a third-string quarterback. Yeah, Realistic, you, you know? Yeah, no. that makes sense. In all seriousness, um, God, is there a white? Xavier Hutchinson, no. Quentin Johnston, no. I'll take Darius Davis from TCU, but I don't think that that's very likely yeah. either. No, I, I see, I don't think that's a realistic one. But, like, I would take one of the big wideouts from Texas Tech. They oh, got yeah, a couple sure. of guys that are 6'5". Um, big players. Like, their leading receiver, oh, gosh, what's his name? Um, I think he's 6'5", 215, good player. Like, I, a guy like that, I would take. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Hanging out in Goldsby today. Pryor's Pizza Kitchen. Stay tuned. Stream at home. Shop the latest ref gear. Read the latest issues of Boyd Street or 19th Street Magazine. And listen to the podcast for your favorite ref shows. Just visit the all-new KREF.com website. Well, at least when we go to the SEC, we don't have to worry about K-State anymore. <laughs> Uh, it hurts to hear, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are better versions of K-State in the SEC, I guess, but you should get away from those well, guys. Who are the uh, – if you were to say, like, who's the K-State well, of the SEC? I, I don't know if anyone offensively does what they do with the quarterback. I guess Florida kind of did that with uh, with Anthony Richardson this year um, in the run game. Yeah. But traditionally – no, offensively, no one, really, honestly. Yeah. I, I just meant that in terms of their MO in this league is they're going to get down and dirty tough. You, you talked about the mean and nasty with uh, Savion Bird as an offensive lineman at guard. Yeah, K-State's got those guys every year, man. In yeah. fact, they got that Cooper Beebe kid who's exactly that, who just won Big 12-0 lineman of the year. Yeah. That's that's what they have, man. Bunch of scrappy yeah. dudes. Um. You know what's interesting as I look at is maybe Kentucky is the Kansas State, and I know that's not Will Levis at quarterback is is different than what Kansas State does, but that's kind of what they've hung their hat on: physicality on the line of scrimmage, tough defense. Um, you know, not a lot of players, skill position wise, that are just going to blow your 
uh, doors away. I know they've Kansas State will come across those guys, but they're usually like one-off type of players. Uh, they'll have a running back that's like a Sproles or um, um, Deuce Vaughn, but they're not. They don't typically have like a running back that's going to be like yeah. a Derrick Henry. Well, you know who, what I'm saying? Who did they have a few years ago? Does he play for the Steelers now? They gave it to him a ton. God, what was that guy's name? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was. It was. They've had some good ones. Yeah, I mean, they have. I can't. Rem- I can't. Is he the I'm, guy that took it seventy-five on us? Kentucky? No, I'm talking about Kentucky. Oh well, they had a real good one this year that got hurt early on. Um, what was his name? Uh, Rodriguez. Good running back. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, real quick, I had this down on the on, on the rundown sheet today. Random, I know, but. What do you think Texas how, – how do they view their season this year? They're 8-4. and four. It's much better than they were a year ago. They beat OU for the first time in a while. But I don't know. Like they, It was a good year, a better year for them, but so many missed opportunities. I wonder how they view their season in Austin. They view their season in Austin that – Biddy Snell, thank they you have They would have won the national championship if – Arch Manning was there and not Quinn Ewers. I know. I forgot who we're talking about here. Let's say a reasonable fan base had Texas's year. How would they view it? I guess that's a better way to ask. Uh, by the way, got a text message. You're thinking of Benny Snell. I just said Benny Snell, yeah. Text line got oh, me. Oh, you did. Um, um, I think they probably are happy about it. I mean, they went 5-7 and seven last year. So they're probably happy about it. Um, was it you, who was it? Was it you that was telling me about the um, the rumors of them offering like like there's going to be some huge nil offer to keep Bijan Robinson from going pro? I, I got a text that said that um, Sunday, yeah, or Saturday. Yeah, uh, I think they probably feel pretty good about their season. Almost beat Bama, beat Oklahoma. Um, they led in a bunch of games that they, they feel like they probably should have won, uh, led against Tech, led against Oklahoma State, and um, you know had a, had a chance against TCU, although like it's 17-10. The game wasn't really that close, but I, I bet they feel like all their, all their problems are going to be fixed whenever Arch Manning shows yeah, up. Yeah, um, I hope they think and that way. And we know how that goes. I hope they think that way. I think you're right. They probably do think that way. But um, they really interest me for next year. I'm sure they'll probably win the Alamo Bowl if B. John Robinson plays. And mm-hmm. the offseason expectations will be ridiculous once again. But B. John Robinson's gone, man. Roshan Johnson is gone. Xavier Worthy, there's rumors that he's going to be headed to the portal. The point is, more is going to be on the quarterback's shoulders next year. And I wouldn't feel very comfortable with that if I was a Texas fan, based on what I saw this year. Yeah, you know. I don't think they've arrived. I do not think they've arrived. I agree. But I will say this. Um, and you've heard me say it. I've, I've said it all year. I think Sarkeesian has a really good system. I think they've done. I think they've done it the right way. Now, does that mean that it's 
that it's going to continue to progress in an upward trend? No. They've got some tough tough uh, replacing to do ahead of them, but I think they're building it the right way, and I think they're getting some good recruits and getting some good development out of those guys as opposed to what's been done previously. It is not a cakewalk down there under Sarkeesian. He makes it really difficult, um, you know, and maybe the best thing for him and for Texas is that maybe they feel good enough about this season and and the future that everyone kind of stops meddling in what they do, you know? Well, I, I don't know if that exists there, but I see your I know. point, you know? Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen and Goldsby's next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Don't wait till December to save with Section 179 tax deductions. Hurry in to Great Plains Kubota and lay claim to a new tax-saving Kubota because our inventory is selling fast and the end of the year is just around the corner. The time is now to ride a new Kubota off our lot and your taxes. So shop a Great Plains Kubota near you and let our brand serve your equipment and tax-saving needs. Or check us out at gpkubota.com. Again, that's gpkubota.com. Subject to credit approval, consult your tax advisor. Go to kubotausa.com for full details. Hey Sooner fans, come find your next dream home here at Titan Factory Direct, the number one retailer in Oklahoma, with homes starting as low as $59.9. We have a wide variety of floor plans and prices that can't be beat. And for a limited time only, our factory has agreed to build a three or four bed, two bath version of our most popular 28 by 56 double wide for only $99.9. That includes our delivery and setup, central heat and air, and standard champion 10 year structural warranty and seven year protection plan. Come by and ask for Joe to see and I'll make you a deal that can't be beat. Boomer Sooner. Sooner Nation, Bedlam Wrestling is coming to Norman on Sunday, December 11th at McCasland Fieldhouse. Don't miss your chance to lock in your seats for this historic rivalry and see who takes home the Phillips 66 Bedlam Series trophy. For tickets, go to Soonersports.com or call the OU Athletics Ticket Office at 405-325-2424. Boomer Sooner. Weather can take a toll on your fence. The name to know is Oklahoma's premier fence company, Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos specializes in residential and commercial fencing in the OKC metro area. From chain link to vinyl fence, wood fence to railings, and specialty fences, Van Hoos does it all, and more importantly, they do it right the first time. Call Van Hoos Fence right now, 405-735-1167, or visit vhfence.com. Van Hoos Fence. They're professional.